0: Welcome into two for one drafts. Austin Gale here, the host of two for one drafts, a rookies and draft prospects podcast. Today, Mike and I looking at offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year candidates. His best bets there. Also our 10 favorite rookie fits in 2021 and then best rookie player prop bets at the back end. Let's get it. The smelling salts are hitting different today, Mike. That Vegas trip took literal years off my life. That was an absolute sender, man. For those who don't know, Mike, myself, a handful of other guys at PFF went to Vegas and and kind of just lit the city on fire for five days.
1: I think Vegas has been on fire for a few <laughs> decades now. But uh, yeah, we tried. It was it was a good time. Um not a lot of stories we could tell on the podcast, yeah. but it was fun.
0: <laughs> we, I'm singing through like three or four and I was like, nope, nope, nope. But the one I do want to tell is, um, this was actually of, uh, some people were mentioning this picture I put on Instagram where you were sleeping. You slept after this oh, yeah. little Jesus. event here. Um, we went to brunch at the wicked spoon, which is like this buffet in cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan. and, uh, they're only allowed, it was Mother's Day too, the busiest day to get brunch. We stood lying hungover as hell for like two and a half hours. It was the worst, that was the worst part of my life. But then the other part, we uh, we get in the wicked spoon, they're like, hey, you have an hour and a half, bottom mimosas, bottomless mimosas for an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and, then, and then you have to leave. Yeah. It's like, okay, challenge accepted. We just are going down all in, just mimosas after mimosa. You're going after trying to get 15 to 20, 25. And then we're like, we're like an hour and a half in. We just like keep going, and then we ask our waitress, who is turns out to be an absolute legend, yeah, if we could just sh- shift to just champagne and like screw the OJ, and we just keep going in. And at one point, dude, we're getting pretty sauced up. One point, she says something like, "We ask her for another bottle of champagne." We're like two hours in. She's like, "Yeah, what do you think? I'm the game maker." And we all like kind of laughed at the table. And then we're like, when she walked, we were like, "What the, what fuck, the fuck does the game maker? maker mean?" We end up taking a picture with her. Yeah, um, I mean, great. I was a couple bottles away from she couldn't asking for a number. Use, <laughs> she
1: couldn't figure out how to use the camera. I asked her to take a picture of us. She couldn't figure it out. We're like, <laughs> all right, I'll take a picture, and that didn't end up working out either. Because I think I had, I think I was like fifteen or something.
0: What an uh, insane point brunch! Point. Yeah, yeah, so for an hour and a half limit turned. We were there for four over,
1: hours. Over, yeah, almost four hours after an hour and a half limit. So that was that, that was a good time. That was pretty just indicative of the weekend. That we was. did run into. A guy who was a two point draft listener. Oh, let's go. An encore, I believe. <laughs> I don't remember enough about the interaction, but I think if you're listening, reach out again. I honestly I
0: don't remember anyone I met in Vegas outside of the freaking Game, the Maker. Game Maker. The Game Maker will literally live forever. Might have to get the picture. We'll send it to Quinn and maybe Quinn can put it on the YouTube video because it it's hilarious.
1: hilarious. She wasn't even like, it wasn't even that far into it. Like, she just says that. Yeah. And we're she like, she set the fucking tone, dude. I <laughs> thought it was like, a
0: Funny thing to say, and then we're like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, what are you talking about? But yeah, oh, she hooked man. it on. She was, she was sweet, man. Yeah. She was sweet. All right, let's get into some actual NFL draft stuff here. Looking at offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year candidates. You wrote an article for pff.com looking at some of the best bets to make because obviously mm-hmm. it's like it's tough when you're the offensive rookie of the year. The favorites, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, we're not gonna be like, oh yeah. man, this is who it should be. It's like, no, Trevor Lawrence is gonna be the favorite. Um, what were your Best, what was your best offensive rookie of the year bet? And obviously, was it Trevor Lawrence? So the odds are right now, plus Trevor yeah. Lawrence,
1: plus 300. Obviously, the favorite. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, plus 600. Zach Wilson, plus 700. And then Najee Harris, plus 800. Because if you go back and look, quarterbacks and running backs dominate it. Yeah. The the one, because like the statistically, quarterbacks get, fit, get sort of deference in the Rookie of the Year voting, Mm -hmm. like if they have any sort of good season whatsoever, usually it goes to quarterback like Kyler Murray got it a couple years back when statistically he was not even like a top 15 quarterback in the NFL.
0: Josh Jacobs was like surprised. And Josh Jacobs, yeah, yeah, had
1: like over 1,200 yards. So it gives deference to them. But then obviously running backs hit the ground running quite literally Mm -hmm. compared to other positions (laughs) uh, in terms of how well they translate to the NFL. So then they obviously get pumped up in these as well. Gotcha. But... I think this year could change. I think it could be a little bit different this okay. year because we hope, got man. some. Because
0: I definitely think Justin Jefferson should have won it last year. Yes. Oh, I agree.
1: I mean, that season comparatively to wide receivers historically was different. Than, yeah. But... It was literally the most receiving yards in a rookie season <laughs> yeah. ever. But I, I will say that Jamar Chase and Cal Pitts, I think, have legitimate shots. Now, they're not in the top, whatever, six here for the offensive rookie of the year. But if I was going to put down a bet, Trevor Lawrence plus 300 still feels like a great bet. True. B- because, one, he's got a fairly good situation for development. He's not surrounded by shit talent. Mm-hmm. Like, they have DJ Chark. They have LaVisca Chanel. They have Marvin Jones Jr. They have Tim Tebow.
0: That <laughs> tight end.
1: <laughs> Ever heard of him? Travis Etienne. Uh, <laughs> they have an offensive line that's, while not great, they were 21st ranked last year, and bring everybody back. Uh, that's And I, obviously, I had to walk a little in the second round as well this year so he can succeed right out the gate which was his biggest thing was he was the most NFL ready of the bunch should be translating from day one so man going anywhere else even with him being the heavy favorite here you're, you're just like banking on injury for whatever, or like something yeah exactly. he's going like I would believe and he's also in a situation where not a lot of these other rookies are going to be starting day one so that's still is my favorite bet to make.
0: No, it has to be. I think that makes the the most sense. It's gonna, it's not going to be plus three hundred for long. You know, it could probably get into like a couple weeks into the season, and you're going to see it drop to like yeah. the plus two hundred range and stuff like that. What was your second best offensive rookie of the year bet? So I don't love any of the other quarterback bets because really, I really like Mac Jones plus one thousand. Like I know he might not start, but like if I'm going to bet, I, I like the longest odds on any rookie quarterback. You know what I mean? Like he has the longest odds of any rookie quarterback right now. It's Trevor Lawrence at plus three hundred. Fields at plus six hundred, Lance at plus six hundred, and Wilson at plus seven hundred. It's like Mac Jones at plus a thousand. But,
1: but he's the one where so Justin Fields and even if Trey Lance, this I, I don't love the plus six hundred for Trey Lance. Like Justin Fields, he could start early because Andy Dalton could come in and suck. Mm-hmm. You know, out the gate. Sorry, Quinn. He doesn't have a mic today, but he's <laughs> gotta hate Andy Dalton slander here. But he come in and suck, and then Justin Fields comes in week two, week three early on in the season. Whereas with Lance and Jones, I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo because, like, even in Kyle Shanahan's offense, if he's starting out the gate. He's not going to absolutely be rough. And we saw them starting with the Lions week one. You know, they're not going to be, yeah, it's not going to put the boots to Jimmy Garoppolo and really put him on the bench soon. Mac Jones with Cam Newton starting. Cam Newton's going to be fine. Like He's not going to be losing them games out the gate where they're going to be like, okay, let Mac though. Jones. I don't
0: know. Like he, There's a lot of injuries. Cam Newton gets hurt all the time. I, I, but at plus 1,000, that's what I'm yeah, saying. But it's okay. like it's the longest Fair. odds of any QB. Like If I'm going to take my second favorite bet after uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is Mac Jones. And hoping that, plus 1,000, you're hoping that uh, Cam Newton either sits for some reason and Mac Jones comes in and lights it up. Sounds like you're hoping that Cam Newton gets injured. What I'm not
1: hoping. That's you're skirting around what you're saying. <laughs> but my second favorite bet is Jamar Chase at plus 1,100. Because Jamar Chase is going to put up numbers. We're going to talk about the guys who went to the rookies who went to the best situations for themselves. Jamar Chase is top of that list. Yeah. In, in terms of utilization, obviously the rapport he's already got with Joe Burrow, uh, and an offense that's going to be fucking throwing the ball a lot this year because the defense ain't the defense ain't any better than it was last year, really. So,
0: I think and the Jamar Chase bet is good. It's, I, I, I'd be nervous putting money on a non-QB. I think if I wasn't putting money on a non-QB, I'd go right next to him. Kyle Pitts, plus 1,100. Because I think the reason why, you know, look at the last non-quarterback that went offensive rookie of the year, what, uh, Odell Pickham Jr. Odell Beckham in 2014. Yeah. In 2014, that was because, like, in addition to having insane yards totals, he was also, like, in, like an in highlight reel. Like, people watched yeah. games... People watch the NFL because Odell Beckham Jr. was playing, and Pitts could have that level of impact on like the narrative. And I think that's a weird thing to talk about. Well, when you're talking about <laughs> betting, like, and awards like this, like yeah. that's what people look for. Buzz. People want, yeah, people want buzz. And Kyle Pitts, if he like sons like three dudes in the red yeah. zone and like has a couple two touchdown, three touchdown games, and does things a rookie tight end hasn't never done, I think that's gonna like could dominate the narrative, especially because this guy has the hype of like best tight end prospect anyone's ever seen. If he lives up to that expectation, people are just going to be like puking all over themselves to like vote for him in.
1: Pitt's at plus 1100 is my third favorite bet on this list. And a lot of it's because we've seen him do what it would take for him to put up. You know, he'd have to get in the thousand yards range at tight end rookie right out the gate, which again, that's an offense that's going to be throwing a lot. Like the Falcons, their defense in that division, especially, it's going to get lit up. So... Kyle Pitts, there's a lot of mouths to feed, yes, in that Atlanta offense, but there's going to be a lot of balls to go around. So we've seen him do it. Like He averaged 3.22 yards per route outside in 2020, 3.84 in line, that inside-outside versatility. That's, that's what it takes to
0: produce like that at the NFL level, and that's – what Pitts brings to the table. So i also, in a situation where Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley were battling injuries last year, if yeah. that happens again and Kyle Pitts takes over, I mean, my God, he's, oh man, it's going to be a fun, fun year coming up. But I think my least favorite bet, if I can add that, my least favorite bet inside, you know, the first eight, because I don't want to be like Terrence Russell Jr. plus 5,000. But <laughs> Nyjah Harris plus 800, I am not touching. That offensive mm-hmm. line is bad. That offense is not going to be great. I doubt he puts up the yards, even a better season than what Josh Jacobs had, right? I mean, that would be the situation we're in. Well,
1: it's the efficiency that's gonna I think, yeah the, he's gonna throw. be
0: under four yards per carry probably
1: I, like i just behind that offensive line he would have to be like a, a vastly different running back than even we saw at alabama like it, you're, you're just not gonna put up numbers by the office i don't care who you are ap in his prime you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be hampered like, yeah that's how much run blocking fucking matters in the nfl like,
0: no it's true you're not wrong so all right let's jump now to defensive rookie of the year your favorite bet for defensive rookie of the year.
1: Yeah, my favorite bet for defensive rookie of the year, I just like the chalkiest dude alive,
0: but Micah Parsons at plus 400 is just... It's plus 450 now. Plus 450, sorry. Plus 450 is... It's, it's easily the best bet. Yeah. A linebacker wins... So often yes. because they rack up box court statistics that like standardized voters can get in on. You know, like t- tackles. If Michael Parsons has 110 tackles and like a few sacks, force fumbles, game, like he yes. is the defensive rookie of the year. That's exactly how this works.
1: Yeah. It, it's, it, it leans towards either guys that are your elite pass rushers, your obviously the Bosas, Chase Youngs of the world who are like, we can't miss edge guys. There's not one in this class. Yeah. Like that. And there's not. So then after that, it goes to, linebackers rack up tackles maybe sometimes cornerbacks sneak in there they get some pick numbers you had marcus peters win back 2015 Marshawn Ladmore in 2017 but there's a strong deference over the course of the past two decades towards linebacker position in this award so parsons say what you want about him and maybe some of his issues and coverage he's going to rack up fucking tackles in the run game absolutely he's just going to like that that is that guy's bread and butter so i do think that still even though he's Obviously the big fave. I'm going to be that guy and say I'm still – that's who I'd want. Man. All right. Second best bet there. Second best bet for Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's going to be a little off the wall. And it's because – it's another guy we're going to talk about. My 10 best fits is Sante Samuel Jr. with the Chargers. Now, path to the field, the only thing I might worry about here, but he's plus 4,000. you got a long shot odds here. For a guy who – I think he's going to get it. Could easily lead rookies and picks at cornerback position, like in in a scheme that is conducive to doing so, to where you know playing to his strengths there in Brennan Staley's defense in Los Angeles, that like he picks five six balls as a rookie, it could be like that's easily all it could take to win the defensive rookie of the year award, and at forty to one, that's good odds to me.
0: Yeah, 40 to 1. I think you have to slam that. Which of these edge guys? I know you have another bet you want to highlight, but which of these edge guys that would you take if you <laughs> had to take them? Jalen Phillips, plus 700. Quidipe, plus Pay, plus 1,000. Greg Rousseau, plus 1,600. And then Azizo Julari and Jason Owe or Adafe Owe are both at plus 2,000. Oh, yeah, the guy says Jason. Let's just come on. Get with the program. Um, I think I lean pay there. Pay it plus one thousand. I think it's the only edge I'd probably take because I do think or Phillips though it's tough, dude. Phillips, he's such short odds though. Phillips plus seven hundred. Yeah, so he's literally the second favorite behind like Parsons. So man, I don't know if I want to touch any of those. You wouldn't touch any of them. I just don't love. Maybe the longest Aziz. I'd maybe lean. I'd maybe lean pay there. Fair. If I had to, I to think one. I think Pay is the best bet, plus yeah. one thousand. If you had to take an edge, guy. But tell yeah. me your third favorite bet here.
1: My third favorite bet though is Nick Bolton because we got another long shot ish odds here, plus thirty three hundred for Bolton, and he's going to a place in Kansas City where I start right away. I, I truly do. Um, the highest grade linebacker in the SEC over the past two seasons. Let's see in stops. Like, yeah, there was question marks about to see the high-end athlete that makes a difference. But again, it's like, difference of coverage, not, not, that's not when you sort of defensive rookie of the year. It's going to be tackles, force fumbles. I think he brings that to the table. And the thing about the difference between him and a guy like uh, Willie Gay, who they drafted in the second round last year, it's like Willie Gay was behind the eight ball developmental-wise. Like, picking up the speed of the NFL was going to be a challenge for him right out the gate, coming from Mississippi State, where he barely played. Bolton, not the case. And I go back to a story. Bobby Slowick, who's the now pass game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, told me about Lund Fletcher at the end of his career with Washington. And there, I was like, Dude, Why were you throwing out? Because he had come over from Washington linebackers coach to PFF when he first started at PFF. Um, I was like, Why, why, why was Lund Fletcher like still out there? Because at the end of his career, like couldn't move. It was like, like do that linebacker we have to have a guy who can get the calls in, make the adjustments. That's more important than anything you do like post-snap at linebacker. Fair. Like If you can get that shit down, you can see the field. If you can't, you will never be on the football field. I don't care how talented you are uh, at the position. And I was like, oh shit, that actually uh, makes a lot of sense. And you look at Steve Spagnuolo's defense, complex. And I think Nick Bowen's going to be able to pick it up right away. Like I think he is capable far more so than a guy like Willie Gay. And I think you'd see him start over him in a heartbeat.
0: I'm going to give you another one that I like in a similar odd range as Asante Samuel Jr., Miami Dolphins safety, Javon Holland, my guy, coming mm-hmm. out of Oregon. I think he does see the field early there, though. You and Maurice Jones Drew love that bet. I bet he does. <laughs> I bet he does. Man, all right. righty. was that Maurice
1: Jones Drew tweet that was just an atrocity? I didn't see it. Oh, you know what it was? What? It was when Aaron Rodgers had requested trade. He said, "Oh, that's right, Aaron Rodgers for Big Ben and like a fourth.
0: Who says no? Who says no? <laughs> My God. Everyone in the world. And he was like, no,
1: Steelers fans, I was just trying to give you Rodgers. And I was like, dude. That
0: was interesting, to say the least. That was. Our Friend MJD. Our friend MJD. All right. Are we he's ready to miss. move on to 10 best player fits? We're going to move on to 10 best player fits. Yes. All right. Let's do it. All right. Number number one here, best fit. And we talked about him a ton already. Jamar Chase to the Cincinnati Bengals. We said, you know, the reason you like him as the long, you know, one of the better bets is because he's gonna instantly be their top guy. Like yeah. this is I mean, I know a lot of people <laughs> like T. Higgins, people like Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon's going to get his touches, but like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, that is going to be the connection. He is going to be their top receiver. And I think he can produce out right out of the gate.
1: Yeah. And you like never see this either. This like doesn't happen where a guy who's your surefire number one wide receiver in college then becomes that in the NFL as well. And you're both like blue chip top five pick prospects. It's a rare scenario. Very rare. And that's why I think like, that's why the more. I had thought about it pre-draft. I'm like, it's, it's going to be Chase. Like, it's just going to be Chase, the pick at five for the Bengals. I don't care the Panay Sewell-Love, like, yeah, maybe he's the smarter team-building pick or whatever. You have a situation that is unique in that you can get a guy who was record-breaking at the college level to then go with your record-breaking quarterback. That's your guy. It's... It's a very good fit, and Chase, like I said, Joe Burrow struggled. It was deep ball actually year one. Jamar Chase caught 24 of his deep balls, most we've ever seen in a single yeah. season. That's
0: where College. I think it's going to show up the most. Because I, yeah. I mean, I remember we were talking about. It, I think recently, it's like deep ball accuracy, chemistry matters. Like you need to have that chemistry down the football field, that timing down the football field to actually hit. You also need to get open, balls.
1: which AJ Green
0: wasn't was not. So yeah, so him. I think T Higgins also takes a step forward. I know a lot of people like T Higgins. That offense, that passing offense, should not have. Many excuses maybe outside of Zach Taylor on the sidelines. We won't go there, though. We won't go there. All right, let's jump now to well, another... they drafted f- the receiver. Now they got to throw him a slant. Oh, the words of Pac-Man Jones. Oh, man, that Pac-Man Jones video. Incredible. <laughs> all right, pick 14. Elijah Veer Tucker goes to New York Jets. Perfect fit for that scheme.
1: Yes, and you see... We could shit on the trade all we want. We would probably wouldn't have done the trade. But I'm not ever going to shit on this pick because that's... He's going to be fantastic in... Michael scheme. It just straight up is. 84.1 pass, run blocking gray, excuse me, on outside zone runs over the past two seasons. The best pass checking guard in this draft, kind of hands down. The highest pass blocking grade on two true pass sets over the past two years, regardless of position. You played left guard and left tackle over that span. I, I haven't actually heard where they exactly plan on playing him. I believe left guard though, right? If he slots in right next to Makai Beckton, you just don't worry about The blind side, like that, peace of mind is there for him now. Right side, TBD, but left side, you don't have to worry about that for the next foreseeable future, shall we say? Because I know you hate the tenure, tenure starter. comp 10 years they're both 10-year stars on the left side
0: you're gonna be you have two 10-year starters on the left side my gosh i mean there how many i want to know how many players when people say that actually become 10-year stars for that team
1: i will i will say the jets draft the 10-year starter to Brickishaw ferguson top five pick a tackle started 10 years missed like what a handful of snaps in 10 years and then retired
0: it was he was he was the definition of
1: it. So they already drafted. You just it. drafted a ten-year start. They just drafted the next Brick Huff. I
0: don't think we've talked a ton about like his pass blocking prowess either. Like in 2019, yeah. an 87.9 PFF pass blocking grade across over 300 no 500 snaps. And then even in 2020, when he was playing a lot of tackle, left tackle specifically, 84.2 pass blocking grade yeah. at left tackle for USC in 2020. And
1: we bring up the Pac-12 championship game against Kayvon Thibodeau, Oregon Edge, and as a reason why. We more bring it up as the reason why, like, with those 32 and the quarter-inch arms, I believe it was quarter, that you're probably going to want him inside at the next level. But it really wasn't that bad. Like, he, he didn't get shit on like we've seen some of these other tackles get shit on over the courses of their careers. It was just more you saw the length be an issue. Mm-hmm. And the length is an issue against a guy who is going to be a top 5 to 10 pick. Like, he is a special edge rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau, the Oregon guy, who we'll talk about when we talk about the 2020 mock on the next pod. But... Elijah Vera Tucker, as good as it gets a pass, bro. Yeah. Like, as good as it gets a pass for prospect at guard.
0: Let's take a quick break to pay the bills here. Check out PF's Podcast Network, which covers everything in the NFL, college, and fantasy football. Don't just listen to two foreign drafts. Ian Harditz, our senior fantasy analyst, has a fantastic fantasy football podcast to help you get the leg up on all of your fantasy football leagues, DFS, redraft, all that stuff. And then also the PFF forecast. If you are betting and not listening to the PFF forecast, you are making a mistake. George Shahuri and Eric Eager have the best betting podcast on the market. Check out all of PFF's podcast wherever you get your podcasts. In these uncertain times, life is full of questions. Like when should I start thinking about life insurance? However difficult these questions may be, Western Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western Southern Financial Group, Life Insurance Retirement Investments, Compensated Endorser, Products issued by member companies of Western Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. If you guys watched the 2021 NFL Draft Show on PFF.com, YouTube, or Twitter, you saw we were decked in Sweat Taylor, my friends, dressed to the gills. I slept in those clothes, slept in those clothes. We were on camera for 22 hours in those clothes. Probably the best clothes I've worn, probably the best clothes I own. If you're like me and you're tired of trying to find jeans that fit right, no matter what your build is and still look good, we're introducing the newest sponsor for 241 Drafts, Sweat Taylor, a premium menswear brand premium men's wear brand that is defining a new kind of casual from jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies. Sweat Tailor's designs are made to seamlessly fit your life. Moving from runway to office, office to drinks and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in ath- athleisure wear for men. Pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for every day. Use promo code PFFSWEAT for 25% off. That's PFF-SWEAT, S-W-E-T for 25% off your SweatTailor.com order. Big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 card. From Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler, there will be no shortage of action. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 101 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is a safe, secure, and reliable place so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on the main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code PFF to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older at New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-WITH-IT. All righty, moving to Odafe Oway of the Baltimore Ravens. Another really good fit. I think the reason you like this most is because the edge talent, man. What what the Baltimore Ravens do, yeah. developing edge talent is special.
1: Yeah, you have Pernell McPhee, fifth rounder. This is Smith, fourth rounder. Matthew Judon, fifth-rounder, all got massive second contracts as players that it's all over the last decade. Three guys that late in the draft is insane to hit on. Also, I mean, Tyus Bowser, to a lesser degree, was a was a massive developmental, just an athlete developmental prospect, and he is in that same vein as well in terms of garnering second contract. So they – they're just very good at and yeah. in that scheme athleticism think, can play even without you know being able to win one-on-one
0: a lot it's also the best fit for any jason Oway stand. you know anyone who's like man i think I think Oway can get there i think Oway can be at no more than a zero sack guy because i do it's like think not, if he doesn't succeed there it wouldn't happen exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly it would have been tough to see yeah. him go somewhere like las vegas where it's just i just don't know like it's probably not going to work out like no i don't mm-hmm. think that um yeah, I don't know. I do think that Odafe Owe going to Baltimore is fantastic for him and fantastic for his supporters. All right, Asante Samuel Jr. to Los Angeles Chargers. We said it literally as the pick happened, and I think everyone and their mother has said it to this point. Asante Samuel Jr., that fit in Brandon Staley's defense is just absurd. Yes. and He's also one it, of the steals of the day two, if not the steal of day two.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. zone prowess. No one ran zone lesser, year, Brandon Staley. No reason for him to change up. What they did last year with the talent they have in Los Angeles. So, are you getting in on the Chargers? I know we've talked. You've had a history. You have a history. I do have a history with the Chargers. They the one year I was all in, that was the one year they did make the playoffs. I believe now, I'm not all in, all in, but I can be convinced. I I need to see if that offensive line stays healthy through preseason yet, because that's the biggest thing. O line is night and day. Like they addressed it. As much, they they did what I thought Cincinnati should have done to a lesser degree. Like, they threw everything they had at it. Like, I thought Cincinnati should have done that instead of being like, let's let me replace Carl Lawson, let me replace William Jackson. No, just throw everything you got at the O line. Like, fix that first. And then you could patch holes defensively through the draft, where then get your scheme fits through draft. But, like, make sure the O line's good. Make sure that's good because you can ruin a rookie quarterback quickly. If Justin Herbert was going to be playing behind an o line like that again,
0: no, that's a good point. All right, we talk about it all the time man. go to free agency, go to the draft, and get as many as you can to help along that offensive line if it is bad <laughs> as it was with Los Angeles and it is now still with Cincinnati. All right, next fit here, Rondell Moore to the Arizona Cardinals. I disagree, Rondell Moore, the Cardinals. I guess it's true because they run a ton of screens and shit, but man, I'm just upset that Cliff is going to ruin him. I think Cliff's going to ruin him.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, I know you, I know you'd think that, and and I am cautiously. He ruined think, Andy but you Isabella have, for us. You have you have to at least acknowledge that him versus Larry Fitzgerald, so they had the second most through second most screens this past year, I think the most over the last two years. Most of so the last two years. Year. Wide receiver screens. Yes, wide receiver screens. That LeBron Dillmore versus Larry Fitzgerald at least takes those to another level. Like when he's on the football field. I think throwing uh screens last year, four point one yards per attempt. It's brutal. It That's brutal. That is brutal. That's disgusting. As a run play it is, which they're supposed to be if you're a good at sort of scheming up those screens they should at least be better than run plays um but even if they're not with Rondo more in their hands they're better than run plays that's i just if they use him correctly it's it's a good fit i'm very interested the to see gift. how he's used them i mean a yeah. big
0: thing about the usage too i don't know how much we've dived into it it's just like the usage of deandre hopkins last year like it just didn't make a ton of sense to like exclusively run him at that left yeah. outside receiver like you have to get more creative with your number one guy seth glena wrote a whole article about this yeah i mean and it was right you should go to pff.com and check it out yeah all right azizo jolari going to the new york giants another really good fit
1: yeah and this one's kind of like value as well to get him where they did obviously falls because of the knee injury or the lower leg degenerative whatever but so they use truth three, four outside linebackers in that scheme. They use guys in space uh, who are athletic. So you're not going to just, you're not going to draft Peyton Turner and just throw him in that scheme and be like, okay, you're our edge now. And as much as we cl- throw edges into a bucket, certain schemes still utilize guys differently, or there's still a role in each defense that requires a certain skill set. Ogilar has that skill set. Athletic. Undersized, 249 pounds, not gonna be an issue there. You had Kyler Fackrell dropping into coverage over eight times a game last season. I think he just seamlessly fills that role and does it better than Kyler Fackrell. Yeah, does yeah. It.
0: I mean, that's the upgrade is almost a big yeah. reason why it's a fit as well. 91.7 PFF pass rushing grade this past year. 30, 38 pressures in 2019, 37 pressures in 2020. Guy was a stud, and mm-hmm. uh, you've said it before, like one of the more polished players of the edge class, you know, yeah. because so many of these other guys had question marks, and even he, towards the back end, a big reason why he slipped, obviously, was that lower leg stuff, but still, he's going to come in and, I think, be able to contribute right away. All right, next fit we have here is Nick Bolton to the Kansas City Chiefs, also mentioned on the defensive rookie of the year bets there.
1: Yeah, and I kind of explained the reasoning why then, in terms of Steve Spagnuolo's defense, it's a very defense. I think they ran... Uh, five different coverages over 10% of the time last year in terms of like the coverage buckets of like cover three, man, quarters, whatever. They throw the catch sink at opposing offenses. They blitz top 10 rate in the NFL. Like it's a lot to put on young linebackers, but Nick Bolton's about as instinctive and intelligent a linebacker prospect as you saw, as you could see in this draft class. So I-, I think from a fit perspective, getting an NFL ready guy for the Chiefs this was the guy. That I mean, wanted, it had to have been a big reason
0: know? why, you know, for the same things you said, it had to have been a big reason why Willie Gay wasn't seeing the field as much as he did. You know, because Willie Gay, yeah. when he was on the football field and in the right position, was making yeah. plays. Yeah. I think big, maybe pairing him, pairing Gay with Bolton, Bolton, the guy who could put him in position to succeed, I think is going to be huge. Like I mean, that could be a really, really nice linebacker ta- tandem for Kansas City. Yeah, and I think it's a
1: big reason why, like, Hitchens has struggled in that defense. Anthony Hitchens, big money for agents not made an impact in that defense because it's not – not all schemes are created equal. He goes from Rod Marinelli's defense, which is very simplistic for what Zaston linebackers do, to Spagnolo's and it's just not, they're not gonna be the same. And I think that's why a lot of people like won't draft linebackers highly is because it's like, you need a guy that knows your scheme inside and out, so.
0: All right, last one, or not last one, a couple more here. Kyle Trask, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think we called this before the draft happened, saying if they were going to target a quarterback at pick 64. Trask made the most sense. You know, we've seen their GM, Jason Light, talk about, we're in a position to get a backup quarterback because we have that, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a system in place. We have a good coaching staff. We have a quarterback that doesn't need resources to development. Like, we can bring in Trask, make a play, and his trajectory has been good. Like, at pick 64, this is not only a really good fit, but also a really good pick for Tampa Bay. Yeah, and it's... The Arians'
1: offense sort of aspect of this got underrated in that he was a great fit for what Arians has done prior to like Tom Brady. Tom Brady, didn't, it looked different last year than it has in the past, and then it did with Carson Palmer back with the Cardinals. But at its best, or, or what it was prior to that, was vertical, work the middle of the field, be able to hit touch passes consistently. And, and that's what Trash did, you know, as well as any quarterback, even... Compared to some of the top end guys in this draft class, he was right up there with them and his ability to throw touch throws and work, you know, seams and that sort of thing over the middle of the field. That is Bruce Arians' offense. Trask last year led the nation in big time throws. I think it's a great situation for him to develop as well, obviously, behind Tom Brady. But like just schematically, it was the best place he could go in the NFL for his strengths.
0: Next one here Baron Browning, edge going to the Denver Broncos.
1: Yes. And this one, just pairing him with Von Miller, we said, as an edge prospect, the guy's got the tools to make it work at the NFL level. Now, he has not played edge. He's played off-ball linebacker. He has dabbled a bit rushing the passer, but not a ton. But then you look at, just go look at his physical profile. So he has 245, 6'2", 245 pounds. That is the ex- or 6'3, excuse me. That that is almost the exact same size as Von Miller was coming out. He was 6'3, 246. Both have 33 and a half inch arms. So Vaughn went 442. and Browning went 451 in his 40. Vaughn did 21 bench reps. Browning did 23. Vaughn had 37 inch vertical. Browning a 40. Vaughn had 10.6 broad, 1010 for Browning. Then Vaughn was a little different. They had a 406 shuttle and a 673 cone. But 423 shuttle and the six seven eight three cone, those are eighty-seven percentile, ninety-seven percentile. Broad was ninety-eighth, vertical ninety-seventh, like as high end the athlete as it gets, not quite Von Miller, but in the neighborhood tool set wise. And Von Miller famously holds the pass rushing summit, is obviously open to teaching the art of rushing the passer. Baron Browning can get and pick his brain daily. Fucking that's a great fit. Like that, that's yeah. that is as good as it gets for that dude to go to.
0: Not even not, not only a good landing spot for him, but a good I mean a good landing spot. Not a good fit, but like it's gonna help him a ton. Yes. Like he's going to be a lot better going to Denver, working with Vic Fangio and obviously Von Miller. And that's why we're like Owe, him, every other guy in this edge class
1: seemingly needs a lot to develop. Like he yeah. needs a lot of work developmentally. Needs to learn how to talk the position passer. too. Like, yeah.
0: obviously, you chase athleticism like guys with Quiddipay, Jalen mm-hmm. Phillips, you know, Adafi early in those rounds because they have these tools and these traits to be great. But it, it takes a lot more it, than yeah. the tools. It takes a lot more. Even Chase Young, you know, like Chase Young last year, there's still opportunities for him to like develop as a pass rusher because mm-hmm. he is still, you know, kind of expecting to win with pure athleticism and pure tools. But once he adds those moves, it's same with Cleo Mack. Cleo Mack, Mack early with the Raiders. That first season was awesome but he was not elite as a pass That's rusher associated. until he developed some of those tools and those types of things so I do you think that matters it matters a ton last one here james hudson going to the cleveland browns
1: yes and so one of our favorite sort of developmental guys obviously needed work of transitioning from defensive line to offensive line only a couple years back and you see him just his technique is just inconsistent as hell his feet all are all over the place his past sets but the fact that even with that, he still only allowed six pressures all last season yeah, on 319 pass blocking snaps. That's that's what you want. It's a guy who's still getting the job done, even though he has no clue what the hell he's doing sometimes. That is what you want because when they do figure out what the hell they're doing, <laughs> and he goes to a place where you pair him with one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL, Bill Callahan, transforms that offensive line year one last year with Cleveland Browns, Does works wonders for guys like Wyatt Teller, turns him one of the best guards in the NFL. Seemingly overnight um, could not be a better fit for him. And the versatility where he goes to where he could play, he could play tackle or guard in a pinch. Very good for both him and the Browns.
0: All right. This next pivot here, I want to throw some player totals at you. Some some rookie player totals, starting with the two quarterbacks. Right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can go and get 3,800 and a a half passing yards, over under 3,800 and a half passing yards, roughly 223 per game in a 17-game season for Zach Wilson. Your thoughts oh. there. New York Jets offense, 17 games around 223, 224 per game. Man, that one's tough.
1: I don't – I would like the under.
0: Yeah, that that's a Just lot. That.
1: Yeah, it is a lot. Although another team that, with that defense, will be behind. They will be slinging it. But that's still, for a rookie, is a lot to expect. And especially the the silver lining there is he definitely will be playing, like, he definitely will be starting week one. Yeah. Like, there's no sort of guy also there that could take his playing time, or he will be the guy and will be the guy for 17 games if he stays healthy. So
0: Trevor Lawrence is even bigger. Give you this one 41 half, which is roughly 245 passing yards a game across a 17 game season for Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't like that one either. I would lean under for both. Like, I don't, I think Zach Wilson. Obviously, he had a great season at BYU, but there were reasons to think that he could maybe have a slow start to his NFL career. With Trevor Lawrence, you're expecting a fast start, but even then, to have that level of consistency, to put that much yardage up, I mean, you'd have to be banking on a lot, a lot of success at Trevor Lawrence year one. But, I mean, do you want to be sweating at Trevor Lawrence under all season? <laughs> That's the question. Uh,
1: I will go over with the Lawrence one. Do it. I
0: think he's hot. Do it. All right. I think I have one more for it's you. Come out, huh? uh, no, uh, here's, here's an interesting one. Of these three quarterbacks, and these odds, which bet would you take? Most likely rookie most likely rookie quarterback to start week one. Justin Fields at plus 180. Okay. Trey Lance at plus 220. Or Mac Jones at plus 300.
1: I like the Lance one. Okay. I, I still think there's a play to be made if Jimmy G, they're looking at that roster and saying, you know, these guys are kind of close. Do we really want to be on the hook for Jimmy G's 20 plus million dollars this year? Like, is it that big a difference? Could that twenty plus million dollars be used elsewhere in a better manner to make us win more games this year? If they're both those guys come in and can yeah. both ball, uh, yeah, I think Lance. Like the Fields one versus Dalton, I, I got to take that they're going to almost redshirt them to try to save the jobs in an effort where it's like you you don't start him year one. You're like, hey, what? We got this guy in waiting that we just drafted that we're developing. He's doing really well. Give us another year.
0: Practices, you should but see we're, like,
1: them. We're, we're redshirting a We're doing the Mahomes model, just like trust us. The Mahomes just model. Just the last game of season. I, I was there with Mahomes. You said Mac Nagy. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Nagy was there. You know, I don't there.
0: hate it. That's uh, not a bad take either. We'll but see. But he wasn't you. there with
1: Mahomes. He was in. <laughs> Chicago already, but he, he was...
0: He was he, in spirit. He learned, he learned from Andy Reid. He think. was in spirit. He was yeah. there in spirit. I got one more for you just as a joke one, but this is pretty funny. The only receiving yards prop you can bet on DraftKings right now is Tim Tebow over under 12.5 receiving yards and over under one touchdown. The over touch, the over under one touchdown is plus 350, so over a half touchdown. Oh, wait, problem. now he was there, actually. You one with Mahomes. My bad. He was, so I, I wasn't wrong. Oh, there you go. There you go, yeah. Plus 350, Tim Tebow to have a touchdown next year. Um... I'm taking it. I'm putting my next month's rent on it. You have to. You got to (laughs) believe. You got to believe. Someone has to believe in Tim Tebow. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Two Foreign Drafts. Our next episode, we're going to look at a 2022 NFL mock draft written by Mike Renner. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Two Foreign Drafts. Until next time, Austin Gale, producer Mike Quinn, producer David Safaro, Mike Renner, Two Foreign Drafts.